We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the 14th day of December, the year of our Lord 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and a very special guest, but I'll get to him in a moment. Bruce, how are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Great to see it. Great to hear that you're back to normal. No more congestion, no more stuffiness. And I'm almost past it myself. I'm off all of the aids and medications and all kinds of stuff. So I'm I'm on the mend and it's freezing cold over here, I have to say. And as per on Wednesdays from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, Weston, how are you today? Doing great. How are you, Johnny? Well, I if I felt any better, it wouldn't be legal. On Wednesdays, we uh, we typically talk about uh, the work that you guys do over at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and the life works, I guess, of the late, great Alan Watt and uh, mm -hmm. and how, it, how influential he has been to uh, millions of people around the world and ourselves included in helping us understand this, this crazy agenda that we're seeing played out before our very eyes that he talked about uh, 30 years ago. Uh, and here we are. Uh, and it's about to, I think, personally, I think it's about to uh, uh, to get escalated yet again. But with that being said, uh, what are you guys working on this week? Uh, what, what are some of the things that uh, you guys are uh, presenting over there? And uh, we can start okay. from that standpoint and we can roll right into the events of the day. Sure. Um, so what we got... So what we posted on Sunday, I think um, there was quite a few different interesting things. Um, the talk we posted, I think it was from June 4th, 2013, the live on RBN talk that Alan Watt did. And plus we had an intro from Melissa talking a bit about, uh, in particular about Scotland and the, the book she found that was from her mom that talked about like how the culture of Scotland was, you know, changing back then. This is Episcopalian minister was writing about like, you know, lamenting sort of like, you know, how different changes and like, you know, it's kind of like writing this book to remind later generations how, you know, people used to be. And we also talked about in his old talk and plus Melissa in the new intro, they talked about the drug problems and how basically, you know, once you're destroyed economically, then the typically a typical way to have genocide to destroy a society is to bring in drugs, you know, because we've been focusing on the drug issue a lot lately. So we just we were rolling with it. Um, and I think uh, we'll have a clip. We'll, we'll soon we'll have more stuff on uh, chips, on chipping people. And of course, that DARPA idea of, you know, we're just doing it to help the poor unfortunates. You know, it's not the real reason at all why they're creating, they're pouring billions upon billions of dollars into, the, into these chipping and uh, artificial intelligence and all these things. It's it's for control purposes. Um, so we will be posting um, audios on that as soon. Um, we will, we did post on Sunday links to some videos that i think a lot of people will like including about vaccines including an older one the about the tetanus shots in kenya i think uh that uh, andy wakefield had put out there's a video on that we linked to i thought i thought it was really good because i remember reading about years ago but um you know a lot of times you forget it that these things these programs have been going on for so long like they goes through how back in the 1970s uh they'd already started because the overpopulation issue and they literally they, they, there's no documents from the from the who from the UN, where they talk about you know, because overpopulation is such an issue, we need a, an anti-fertility vaccine. Yeah, and that they, stemmed they actually from guys, created the, that stemmed from. I'm sorry to interject. That stemmed from guys like Paul Ehrlich and, and John P. Holdren uh, and those guys and, and right. guys like Dennis Meadows and the Club of Rome. Uh, like that's that's right. That's where it started. Mm -hmm. And they, but they actually created this thing. Uh, there's this hormone that you know pregnant women release or the baby release when when a woman's pregnant that will. Uh, uh, basically let the woman's body know that she's pregnant sort of thing it's called hcg and then the the what the who had done with their anti-fertility vaccine which with the tetanus shot in particular was they created a hc beta ht hcg that uh you know sort of piggybacked on the tetanus you know a virus like the weakened tetanus virus that they would put in the vaccine and uh that would cause the body the woman's own immune system who's being vaccinated to produce antibodies to attack the hcg as if it were a bacteria or a virus and um, and in fact, caused the woman to be infertile. So 
there, there's doctors in Kenya. I think it was like a, a, a Catholic doctors association there that, uh, you know, blew the whistle on it. And, you know, there's a video on that. We can hear them talking about it and how the government basically tried to cover it up. And, and they even tried to get, you know, try to do like a second test and where they um, you brought in samples that are made in a different uh, met by a different manufacturer and tried to claim that this was actually the samples that were from the same lot that these Catholic doctors had found this uh, uh, beta HCG laced vaccine. And um, they showed in the video the evidence of why that wasn't the case. And they even, you know, basically on the forensic evidence, they uh, the label had fallen off the vaccine. And uh, there were like there's a label that was like sloppily put on there. And like once it fell off, like you could see it was from a different manufacturer and everything. So, yeah, complete uh, and terrible story. But, uh, you know, again, uh, it just goes to show. It. I mean, it, you, you think that uh, the, the, this campaign is a long ongoing thing. Alan has said that uh, it, the vaccine, the whole inoculation issue, like the yearly, like the whole booster type idea, the League of Nations was talking about that back way back, even before the United Nations came along. So this is really, really old agenda of inoculation. And again, in that Bertrand Russell book, Impact of a Science and Society, he talks about in- injections is one of the things they're going to use. I mean, he said diet and injunctions as well, you know, like a law, force of law, threat of law, a threat of punishment type of idea. But also injections, that's one of the things they're going to use to have an ideal society or to keep people in line. Because it, it, well, it can cause you to be infertile. It can cause you to die. You know, it can cause you to um, maybe lower your IQ. You know, you, basically, once you're allowed to be injected, you know, who knows what they're going to do to you. I think uh, another important aspect of it, of the vaccination agenda that, uh, and I'm getting sidetracked here, I'm sorry. But another important a- aspect of the vaccination agenda is that I think that, you know, there, there's different there's different ways they could kill you. There's a million different ways they could kill you, right? And so why, why vaccination in particular? Well, because every good con you need requires like the consent of the person, participation of the person being conned. And so if you get a lot, most people to consent to getting the shot, then, it, you know, if there's a split and, and they, they, they really, you know, they're convinced that's for their own good and that they're keeping themselves and others safe, you know, from a virus or whatever by being vaccinated, they t- will turn on the people who don't want it. And you, so you're, instead of fighting the shadowy government that's trying to kill us all, you're fighting your grandma. And I think that that is another aspect of the injection addenda, which why they favor it so much over, say, just you know, spraying gas on you or something you know, that just uh, is toxic. Um, although, granted, I mean, there's all sorts of toxic things in your food and environment, water and so on. That has also been put for year, many years now, clean stuff that uh, phthalates and so on, that um, are estrogen mimickers that uh, cause people to be infertile, especially in men. Um, so... I think that's why injection is so vaccination is so favored is because it splits the population, you know, against itself. Uh, I think that the divisive aspect of it is another reason why that narrative, that official, because they know that most people, especially if you've grown up in a good household, you're generally going to trust the authority. Like if you had a good family that really took care of you and, you know, and you you had to you know, maybe nice teachers at school and, but, you know, I mean, if you had a you know, relatively good experience, I mean, you're going to trust what, what you're told. So there's always going to be, I think, you know, a significant a majority of the population, in fact, that's always going to follow uh, the official narrative. Uh, I'm going to add a little bit to that, uh, talking about, um, you know, the depopulation stuff and infertility. Um, just with um, the, the foods like you were talking, um, this could have been one of the reasons that we're seeing this figure. But there's a there's a figure that came out here recently that says that uh, men are down on average in the West. 24% for testosterone levels. So their testosterone levels are 24, 24% lower. And at, I, I think it's largely because of the new diets we're being shoved, uh, like the, you know, being vegan or, or, you know, beef is bad for you and all those kind of things. When beef is one of the things that your body needs, red meats to produce testosterone. So, and also too, soy, don't forget all the soy because like, if you're soy, eating yeah. vegetarian protein, protein, a lot of that stuff, a lot of those products have lots of soy in it. Yep, and it, well. it has estrogen. Uh, I don't right. know. Like Compounds when I, yeah. whenever I eat something, like if if I go to say, uh, let's say I go to uh, somebody's place for dinner, I get invited out to to dinner or something, and they're cooking and they're uh, vegetarian or, or vegan or something like that. And I, me not being rude, you know, I'll I'll try something right. And every time I I eat some of that that like some of these dishes, I just feel awful after I eat it. Like I don't feel good about myself. Like I, I just, I feel bad. I feel run down. I feel exhausted. I feel just, 
I, I feel like a beanbag chair, if that makes sense, after I eat this stuff. And it's like, I, I just, I, I don't want any part of that. If I do something where I don't feel good, then I'm probably not going to do that ever again. And that, like, th this is something, again, that they just want to, like, force feed everybody into. I'm not a fan of this, um, th these soy products. And, and you know, I, I understand that if, if somebody has a legitimate health problem, you know, they're lactose intolerant or they have, what's this other thing? Celiac disease, right? Because they can't process yeah, gluten, gluten, right? Gluten. Okay, yeah. I, I'm fully on board with that if somebody actually has a problem. Do you know the percentage of the world population that actually has celiac disease? Four percent. I think it's a very small one. Yes, four yeah. percent. And we've got aisles in stores now, and whole sections in stores now of all of this uh, gluten-free and uh, and just like soy products and lactose uh, intolerance uh, stuff, lactose-free stuff. And I'm like, when did all of this become? a big problem all of a sudden. It's like it, mankind, yes, I said mankind, not humankind, not people kind. Mankind, we've been eating bread for 5,000 years, and now all of a sudden we can't in the last 10? Yeah. Uh, I think celiac disease, I really, I don't, I don't think, I think the first case was found in late 19th century. Um, they really, uh, I mean, maybe there, there, there's possible cases of it before that, but it really uh, is so under the radar that previous generations of doctors, they just, you know, it just wasn't a thing. Um, so that raises like, some questions like, right there. Yeah. It's like myocarditis. Up until these, uh, the rollout of these vaccines, since you mentioned vaccines, nobody, myself included, we'd never, like, it, myocarditis, it was such a rare case that you wouldn't even really discuss it. And most people outside of, like, doctors and, and, and medical personnel wouldn't even know what that is. And now all of a sudden, it's just, it's prevalent everywhere. But you, you touched on a lot there, and, and I want to go through, I want to talk on, on some of those points. Uh, you mentioned when you deindustrialize a society, then, you know, in order to, to finish off what is left, you bring left, in drugs. Yeah. And I, I was talking about that uh, just the other day. Uh, last week, I was talking about uh, how that's been done to, you know, my hometown. Deindustrialize all of the, you know, the manufacturing and everything, gone. And it's just it's drugs and crime. That's your new economy. Uh, and there's like there's overdoses and all kinds. Of, I mean, I, I went to school with people and grew up with people that are dead because they got hooked on all that stuff. And, and you know, that's like that's what came in. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not going to go down that road. But yes, that's exactly what happens. Um, I mean, I've seen that firsthand. Uh, and that's that's how it goes. And I think I was looking at the CDC's data on it. And apparently during the 2020 year, 2020 to 2021 year, drug overdoses in the U.S. has surpassed 100,000 people annually dying of drug overdoses. And then Scotland's even worse, at least uh, you know, accordingly, proportionately to their population. And so that's uh, why we picked on Scotland in particular, not because, you know, we have anything against them. It's just the, the drug overdoses are off the charts there. And I think this is a result of uh, of years and years of just well first of all you know your service economy i mean that's part of it you don't have much of a economic future and also but you know also deculturalization like they're forbidden to speak gaelic you know centuries ago uh back in the 18th century i think and it's forbidden to wear uh, tartans and so on so they really uh like the culture has been there it's under assault for such a long time you know and i think that's just like you're sort of seeing the end result you know of uh just uh complete psychological warfare um but in the u.s you can see it i think because looking at a service economy here, uh, like if you get uh, I mean, so many of the new jobs, like they'll claim, you know, the jobs reports that the government or statistics will put out. There's so many, you know, hundreds of thousands of new jobs or whatever per month. And it's all almost all of it is, is part time service type jobs, uh, bartenders, waitresses, uh, um, things of that nature, retail type stuff. And if you get one of these jobs, you have no real status. You have no economic independence because it doesn't pay enough for economic independence. And there's all sorts of uh, other things like you're supposed to you're expected to have, because especially because like medical care is so expensive. Dental care is so expensive. The only way you can afford that stuff is if you have insurance. So if you don't have any insurance, you know, again, you're sort of seen uh, as sort of a second class citizen. You don't really have. And so basically, there's no point in getting a job. And in fact, there's even I think there's even been books out in the mainstream media talking about like men without work, men who just, you know, punched out. They're in the prime age, prime working age, you know, 18 to 54, that the age group. I think by Nick Eberstadt, I think was this guy's name. He put out a book called Men Without Work. He just recently released another edition of it post-COVID because the first edition came out in 2016, I think. And 
they're just, you know, so basically you don't really see the hopelessness and despair. And then, of course, along with this men being without work in particular, I mean, there's, there's I mean, even the, I mean, the, the jobs that women are doing aren't that great either. I mean, like I said, most of a lot of the new jobs are part-time service economy jobs. And a lot, you have this at the same time, opioid crisis and all sorts of other drugs. And then, and of course, increasing legalization of marijuana as well. And talk of talk of legalizing ecstasy and, and at least LSD and, and psilocybin in small doses, microdoses, prostitution as well. On top of this, and, and even prostitution, and then uh, and that's actually okay. This is a bit off topic, but I, I why well, well, I remembered this. Another issue that isn't addressed in the mainstream media uh, when they deal with the low fertility rates, like the delay, uh, you know, like nobody's having children anymore, nobody's getting married and having children. Another reason why. You know, couples like millennials and younger, they don't, you know, they don't want to get married until they're in their 30s or if they ever get married at all sort of thing. A lot of all that, all the time, work and energy that they would have otherwise would have been spending on trying to, you know, find, create a family and, you know, settle down and so on. They're spending in the sex industry. They're spending, uh, you know, they're going into porn and, and prostitution. And that's actually that's actually another factor besides just the economic independence of women, education of, uh, of women, like that empty planet book I mentioned talked about, and then other mainstream media talks about. That's another factor is that uh, you know this massive uh, influx. Uh, it were like out competes, out competes, um, you know, traditional means of sexual satisfaction. You have this massive sex industry, multi billion dollar. Um, so that's that's another factor. It's not really addressed much in the media, I don't think, at least as far as what no. I've seen. In fact, they and they amplify it. You know, they they praise it as I guess, celebrate, a good celebrate. Thing. Yeah. yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. Um, and that goes back to um, something that Alan talked about with the uh, the culture. You know how they they would bring mm-hmm. they would bring in like the um, you know the depravity part of the debauchery and all that stuff in the culture. They would change that, as in like um, you know the banker boys. They would come in the Rockefellers, like they would come in and they would change uh, how people would view culture. You know, it started with drugs and booze back during uh, Prohibition. And then, of course, it rolled right. all the way up into the age after the war. So, you know, you had like the he talked about like uh, the Beatles going on uh, radio shows, radio talk shows in London. They'd be all stoned and, 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 you know, drugged out while they were on there falling over in the studio. And and it would be it'd right. be celebrated. You know, it'd be it'd be laughed at. It'd be, oh, this is the cool thing to do. You know, these these kids are successful and and look at, you know, look at how they behave kind of thing. And it's it, it promoted that depravity yeah. in in the family unit. And it's also part of the celebrity culture. And I think increasingly, you know, politicians are celebrities. And I want, you know, I like the Hunter Biden thing we were just talking about in the pre-show oh, man. before we went on air. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, that is like, it's like a sort of like this, this he's on Ashley Madison and all this, where that, that adultery site, um, you know, and this is like, I think there's all sorts of uh, other high profile cases, including, I think uh, there's a massive, there was like a, a Democrat donor, like a big donor to the Democratic Party in LA that was like a homosexual who had like, who would like, you know, dope up his uh, partners with drugs, if you want to call them. But I would personally, I would call them victims. Do you remember Barney Frank? And, like, oh, oh. Do you remember yeah, Barney Frank? Sen- Senator good. Barney Frank. Oh. He ran a brothel out of his garage, an underage brothel out of his garage. And that was yeah. that was fine, uh, according to the, politics the and, media and everything else. Yeah, yeah that was fine. Yeah. yeah. And so this is uh, like you have these rich and famous people. All in, uh, you know, all you know, engaging in, in, in you know, uh, sexual debauchery, debauchery, hedonism, and so consequently, the people below, the people who are lower class, uh, you know, they they sort of emulate what they who they see as as their betters. Although, in actual fact, probably at least a lot of the more wealthier, more well-to-do people who aren't in the public eye, who aren't celebrities, who aren't in politics, they're more uh, shielded because they're so wealthy. They're more shielded from the cultural decay and de- degeneration because, you know, they can afford to be. You know, they can afford to, uh, well, you know, they can afford to have like, you know, a, a normal, relatively normal, stable family life. Or at least maybe I'm not sure about it anymore, but you know, at least there was a delayed effect of the breakdown of the family. But now it's gone beyond that. Most of them are crazy. <laughs> Most yeah. of these these people and these like these these quote elitist families, they're like they're uh-huh. messed up. They're they're pretty messed I, up. I don't I don't doubt you what you say. Yeah, it's just probably true. But what I think but the problem is now it's gone even beyond breaking up families. Now what's happened is families are being prevented altogether because you know no one's interested in settling down or you know marriage is obsolete that sort of thing. And you know a large part of that's the culture, it's the you know the industry promoting uh, financialization of sex and so on. 
and also lots of drugs as well. Um, and so that keeps people in a very uh, childlike, hedonistic, uh, narcissistic type state where, you, where you're just not interested in having a family. Well, that causes a little bit of a problem, uh, causes a demographics problem. It causes a, a population problem, uh, causes an economic problem, uh, causes a political mm -hmm. problem and, and all the rest of it. Right. It just it, it's a it's a snowball effect. Right. It's just it, it's one thing. It's yeah. a chain reaction that happens. Now, I'm not going to play all of this, but uh, this kind of goes to uh, where they want to take it. Uh, and this is the, the likes of which of what uh, guys like Noah Harari talk about how the next industrial revolution, the fourth industrial revolution, will not be about arms and textiles. It'll be about brains and bodies. This is where they want to take it because this corresponds with what you're talking about and it corresponds with what guys like him and the World Economic Forum are talking about. Take a listen. Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility, powered entirely by renewable energy. Ectolife allows infertile couple to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. It's a perfect solution for women who had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Ectolife, premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Ectolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wombs. Every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. Ectolife allows your baby to develop in an infection-free environment. The pods are made of materials that prevent germs from sticking to their surfaces. Every growth pod features sensors that can monitor your baby's vital signs, including heartbeat, temperature, blood pressure, breathing rate, and oxygen saturation. The artificial intelligence-based system also monitors the physical features of your baby and reports any potential genetic abnormalities. are equipped with a screen that displays real-time data on the developmental progress of your baby. These data are sent directly to your phone so you can track your baby's health from the comfort of your zone. The app also provides you with a high-resolution live view of your baby's development. A special section in the app allows you to watch a time-lapse of your baby's growth and share it directly with your loved ones. Babies can recognize language and learn new words while still in the womb. Ectolife growth pods feature internal speakers that play a wide range of words and music to your baby. Through the app, you can choose the playlist that your baby listens to. You can also directly sing to your baby and make them familiar with your voice before birth. Our goal is to provide you with an intelligent offspring that truly reflects your smart choices. Right. That's enough of that. So you get the idea. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Brave the new world. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like a problem re reaction solution because, I mean, you know, again, you have the problem, you know, of infertility that uh, increasingly people have because of all the different chemicals and the vaccines and so on. And then you offer the solution, which, you know, uh, none of the previous generations had and none of the previous generations needed to, you know, carry on the human race. Which suddenly we we need this now because we're all dying off. And of course, and then, and then they claim that you're going to be able to play them music or, or playlists or, what, or whatever you're wanting to play uh, to the baby. Uh, and of course, in Brave New World, Alex Huxley's Brave New World, he had the um, I forget what was it called, but like the sleep, like during your sleep, you'd play the messages, uh, whatever they'd wanted them the baby to hear. So, you know, who knows if you're actually going to be, uh, uh, be suspicious uh, if you're actually going to be able to play whatever you want for your baby. And there's no way that they or would... Quote, your baby. Yeah, there's yeah. no way that they would uh, engineer that child to their specifications and not... Your, there's no way that would happen, would there? Bruce, you look like you were, uh, you were especially intrigued by um, how they said that you could monitor your baby from your zone 
Yeah, that was, uh, uh, it's a tell of their entire intentions of this. Um, it, it, it's, uh, well, uh, as Weston was just going over, this is, uh, uh, they, they give you a problem or cause a problem and then they give you the solution. Um, that's exactly what this is. Uh, talking about the vaccines, we've gone over this before. Um, the, the vaccines and the proteins that were involved, the envelope, uh, it, it sends those spike proteins straight to uh, the ovaries and the testicles. Uh, men have a reduction by 80% of sperm mobility and women have um, their eggs invaded by spike proteins. And what this does to the fertility rate, uh, well, um, you can only guess. Uh, at this point, we don't know. Nobody's doing any studies on this, or at least there's been no papers on it. Um, so they're going to have to have sanctioned um, uh, growth pods and growth facilities to where you yeah, have your cloning vats and all that. Um, you know, just like the cloners on Camino, where they were engineering soldiers, the exact specifications that they wanted, they were brainwashing, they were doing all the stuff that we're like, hey, this is a problem. This this could be a problem. They literally, this is this is what's baffling. <laughs> this this isn't like a the Matrix, uh, Star Wars. You know, these movies are not like you know, uh, flew under the radar. These are things that were like mainstream. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's talked about it. And here we are. We're doing exact same things that was in these movies that could be a problem for our future and everybody's just like uh going along with it whether or not they agree with it or not it at, at this point it doesn't matter because you're seeing very little pushback from the average person against this they're they're just walking into it blindly well i think it's it goes to West, uh, weston's point where he was talking about how it's it's uh, you know cognitive warfare psychological warfare against the populace when you see movies like the matrix and things like uh, the walking dead i mean the walking dead that series a great a successful series everybody knows of it even if you haven't seen it you've heard of it uh, that mm -hmm. series that's a series in my opinion that's a series to desensitize people for when all of this goes wrong <laughs> that's my opinion but to go to the uh, the cognitive warfare point uh, when you see these movies that's that's what it's designed to do. Art imitates life. It's designed to get you to uh, be desensitized. So when it actually comes, you do nothing about it. And you say, oh, well, everything went fine in that movie. Everything's fine. There's no problem. And certainly if you're one of the couples that happens to have struggle with infertility, I mean, this is probably something that you're excited about. So there's that aspect as well. And you, you, know, you can't be too hard on people for wanting that. It's just that this artificial solution is... Uh, it can be, it can, it's going to be, I mean, we, we've been told by, by in books by Brave New World, but also not, not just in that book, but in Brave New World Revisited, which was nonfiction as well. You know, he went through, you know, this is, this can't be resisted by government. Government is going to use the ectogenesis and the power that they would gain to, uh, you know, form the citizens that they want and genetic engineering and all the rest of it, you know, it's, uh, definitely you're going to be have the intelligence you would need for whatever function you're going to be serving in society and no more so you're not going to be bright enough to uh you know get into maybe uh too too deep into philosophy and and so on and and, and politics and political philosophy and so on to you know sort of critique you know what well, your society and look back at past society and say hey maybe this way was better and and so on you're not going to have that ability i mean at least that's the idea i mean it's just completely you know hopefully or at least that's the goal if you read Arthur Kressler's you know, *The Ghost of the Machine* and the Machine, he uh, he worked for the UN, and and part of their and this was back at, you know in the 1950s and 60s. Part of what they were looking for, they were they were trying to find a way. You know, they they wanted to get rid of this uh, this this ghost in the machine, this this uh, sort of human spirit type idea that uh, you know drives people to want freedom and want uh, you know to they have fun silly ideas, superstitious ideas, religious ideas that they 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 have to live in a certain way and that they're called to do certain things that aren't financially valuable that aren't uh, culturally valuable, you know, like it's not really a value to society or the government would say with society, but it is, you know, valuable to that person. And, and things, silly ideas like that, you know, they want to get rid of this tendency. And the idea that he came up with in that book, you'll read it the last chapter. If you, you know, if you if you don't want to have to read the whole book, just skip to the last chapter and that gets really the meat of it, the, the main point of the book, is that uh, the, the idea that he came up with was to lobotomize people. And that, you know, that, that'll do it. And so this is a, so this is a, 
once you get once the you hand over control, like say like you know, the formation of a child in a womb, for example, like this uh, like this ecto ecto life thing that you just showed, pretty well is it's it's almost like an end of a history event because you know humanity won't be able to uh, the it'll be designed so that humanity can't resist. Or yeah, we'll be able I, to think of resisting. Yeah, I I think I, I think that goes to the point of of kind of how we closed yesterday. And if you haven't heard, how we closed yesterday was we're on the cusp, as in it. And I I know we've talked we were talking last week about how you know it's like they they sell it to you, DARPA sells it to you this way, and and it's never going to be used in in that manner for good and and things like that. You know the the medical technologies and things now. I'm pessimistic, but at the same time, I'm also radically optimistic. Um, you know, it, it's weird how, how that is, but I, I'm of two minds about the subject because I know what benefit technology can be if it's used correctly or in the correct manner, I, I should say. But these uh, advances, uh, and Bruce was alluding to this yesterday, these advances, if we can somehow or another get that one in a hundred shot of getting it to work in our favor, and we're using it the way that it needs to be used, maybe if it's not even to the fullest extent, right? Maybe if it's even just 50 or 60%, we will have the ability to extend life by an order of magnitude that we don't even we don't even have the ability to comprehend yet. The, the, the transhumanists claim that there's a transhumanist, I forget his name, but he claimed that the person that's going to, the first person that's going to live to a thousand years old has already been born. That's what they, I don't know. Uh, Interesting. Sounds kind of a you know, for me. But. And I, I actually, I heard Donald Trump, and again, and this is not a, a cheerleading hour for Donald Trump, but his son, not Don Jr., the other one, uh, Eric, I think is his name. He said not too long ago in a public statement that wasn't really covered by the mainstream media. He said, our generation, as in his generation, so the under 50s, we won't know death if we do this correctly. And I'm I'm inclined to believe that to a certain extent. Now, mm -hmm. this is the problem. This is the, the crossroads that we're at. Yes, they want to change society to where you, what you're talking about, Weston, to your point, they want to change it to where you can't resist. You have to go along with it. It's like the Borg. You know, resistance is futile. You'll be assimilated, and that's the way it is. But at the same time, if we can somehow or another break free of all of this, and not, not even, I, I don't even want to say 100%, because I don't think you're, we're going to be able to do that fully. But let's just say for the sake of argument that we can do that, they're not going to be able to stop it. As in, they're not going to be able to have the ability to say exactly that for 100% certainty that you cannot resist it at that point. To the transhumanist, um, you know, uh, unfortunately, this is a this is a genie that's out that 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 is now out of the bottle. I mean, this is something that like I'm not I'm not totally hip on the idea of us going down the transhumanist synthetic road um, because when do you cease being human, right? And when are you? When do we when do we stop being Homo sapien and start being like? Um, you know, uh, Homo Machina or something, yeah. you know, or yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. when, when does that change? Uh, and, and how, because eventually we are going to get to the point to where we are the Borg, uh, more or less, you, you're going to be born, you're going to be hooked up to cybernetics almost immediately or have organs, uh, augmented almost immediately at birth or even still in the womb or in one of these artificial chambers. Uh, and then... Uh, you're, you're, you're basically reliant on technology for the rest of your life to have immortality. Even I think it's going to be beneficial to us as a whole. If we can do this correctly, if we can, if we're the ones in, in control of this, we, as in the, you know, the people and not like a select few of elite, um, as long as we have the reins of this, it'll be beneficial to society. You're still going to have your bad, you're still going to have your your um, upstarts that that rise up and try to create some kind of evil, corrupt thing. But more or less, uh, if if society will step up, this will be a good thing for us as a whole. But I, I'm just not convinced we're morally capable of of making these kind of decisions yet. I, I don't think we're mature enough as a as a race to to be presented with the idea of immortality or at least immortality in the sense of age you're, you're not dying of old age uh, I, I think there's still going to be like it was an accident and you died in the accident that's still going to be a thing uh, but as far as old age is concerned, we'll have it wiped out. I don't think we're capable of that yet. I mean, what 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 happens to people like uh, and I'm going to go to the extreme example, but Hitler or Stalin or Mussolini. What about those guys? What if they live for forever? Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, it's just there. there's negative consequences that we I don't think we're ready to to look at. And then what happens to us as humans living through 
uh, the, the daily grind, the grind that we, you know, the, the toil that we have, uh, what does that do to us long-term when you're, you're constantly under this stress, you know, does it, is it, is it even worth being immortal? Uh, is basically yeah. what I'm getting at. Yeah, I think you make you're making some good points. Uh, humanity and it's like the current political state, the uh, current uh, you know just uh, overall you know psychopathic tendencies of humanity, the, the way it is, this technology is just is guaranteed. And then that's what you know. I saw Alex Huxley and other writers on totalitarianism would say is like you know if the the, the potential for control exists, you know the, the government's not going to be able to resist that. I said I think. Uh, you said in its present state, humanity just won't isn't up to using it for the you know, the general benefit you know of the general public. It's going to be you know, for use for control purposes. But I think that you know with enough people, well, I won't. I, won't, I probably should not you know say any, make any sort of uh, guarantee of any sort of uh, earthly hope or for anybody. But what I would say is that if you wake somebody up and like say five people, and then they go up and wake up five, five other people. Eventually, you'll have enough people and, you know, they, they actually really wake up in the sense that they actually change their life accordingly. And they still really start doing a lot of studying and research on their own. They really become, you know, uh, change, break bad habits and, and start uh, speaking out and start uh, becoming more, uh, actually, you know, act on their knowledge. If you, you can get five such people to do that, and they go and, and influence five other people, eventually, over generations, you will have, you know, enough people that may, maybe you could... Uh, Finally, force a decent political system to, to come into being, at least for temporarily. I mean, humanity being humanity is just always going to be corruption eventually of any institution. Really, I, I think I yeah. think we're limited on that the the time that we have that we can do right. that though. Because if, right. if if we don't get that, if people don't start waking up before mm -hmm. we get the transhumanist thing, before they start doing these, you know, uh, birthing stations or whatever the hell they're 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 going to call right. them. Before we start having uh, uh, humans augmented with this stuff and being tracked everywhere, everything you say, everything you do, everything you think will be tracked. Uh, and, and if we don't wake people up before then, we're going to enter another digital uh, or another dark age. The digital dark age is what we call it. And at that point, I don't know how you pull out of that scenario because you're, you're tracked. You're under complete control of the government and the AI. That's what Alan was actually has, has said that before. Like he said, like the present generation is the last generation that really has any hope because then once the because it's like scientific techniques that the elite have developed and that they pay you know all the best and brightest at universities to study and, and figure out, they're so advanced that the, the indoctrination will undermine all the chemical and, and genetic engineering and all that. That the, the future generations won't really have a, a hope of they won't really have a cap capability. Of really resisting uh, forming effective resistance and so yeah that is the conundrum is that okay you know theoretically okay if we can if we have like a a message a truth you know and we we can spread it throughout the population eventually i mean maybe we don't have enough of a voice to you know, reach everybody but you know, eventually over course of multiple generations you know the, we can reach a majority the thing is we don't have that kind of time with transhumanism because you know like we already see the technology being brought into being now and being used now in fact the reason why it's being, or at least what we're being told, it's being the reasons we're given is because of all these uh, problems of, like, say, infertility, for example, which were caused by improper use of science and technology, basically. You know, improper, you know, putting chemicals in, in the food and water supply uh, and vaccines that cause infertility. And so then you're offered, the, you're offered the solution, this ectogenesis. And so that right there is a dead giveaway that, you know, okay, well, if the science and technology already wasn't being used properly, and that's the reason why we even, you know, look to you know something like exogenesis to solve it what do you think the exogenesis itself is going to be used for you know that uh, we the people who live our lives right now have a lot a lot of resisting to do and uh, i don't see it uh, so much i mean the, the masses are always going to be the masses i you know i don't want to be too pessimist it really is up to a very small portion of the population to try and do something about this really if uh if there is something to be done, uh, halting this transhumanist agenda. I'm not, so I'm not convinced we'll be able to stop the transhumanist agenda because mm -hmm. you have people like, um, as an example, Elon Musk, that's out mm -hmm. there. Um, his, what he says it is, is he's trying to look for a way to where um, you merge human and AI so that they're both reliant on one another and you're not going to have AI kill, kill you off. Uh, his other argument is um, it's to make humans 
uh, basically to where they stay relevant. Because as artificial intelligence starts coming out, as we start having more of these um, automations coming out, uh, they're they're superior to humans in a set you know specification, or they specialize in things and excel better than humans. Uh, whereas if you were to augment a human, um, you could make them relevant to those jobs and, you know, they, they could still be relevant to society as, as we know it now. Um, and basically his intention is to, I, I think his intention is good, but the problem is, is the people around him's intention is not. So he may produce that to make humans relevant and help us in the future. The problem is the people around us have ill intentions and they will use that technology uh, for ill, like uh, the, the uh, Klaus Schwab's of the world. They'll use that and say, um, you get this hook up to the network, like, I don't know, you, you're using your, uh, your Google system or your Amazon system. I won't say their name so they don't activate, but uh, you use those and uh, hook it up to your, to your cybernetics or something like that. And they've already got a door. If, if you start going down the road, of cybernetics or transhumanism, and uh, it's increasing your lifespan. Keep in mind that the the opposite is true as well. If you don't do what you're supposed to, or don't say what you're supposed to, that uh, lifespan that's being increased because of the technology can also be reversed. And you don't think they're going to want that? Not going to want that power? Do you think they're going to just like? Oh no, yeah, that that's unethical and moral. We're 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 not going to do that. No, of course not. That's what they'll tell you, but you know damn well they're going to use that against you. If you don't do what you're told, well, we may just switch off your your cybernetics. You won't have I, that uh, you know, enhanced uh, eyesight yeah, or, like or the, memory or, you know, whatever. Yeah, have you scheduled social your credit is already doing that? You scheduled your what vaccine you appointment? Have either one of you scheduled your vaccine appointment? Because if if you haven't, then unfortunately we're going to have to deactivate that. <laughs> Exactly. That's what and it is. They're already doing. You have to turn your money yeah. off. They're already doing it. Yeah, as you say, exactly. Yeah. They're already doing it. it. It's already happening now. We had a large pushback, uh, or at least I, I don't want to say it was. Um, I'm quite disappointed with the U.S.'s response, actually. But as far as the European countries, the Australians, uh, they've had some pretty good pushbacks, right? I'm, I'm, I'm talking like peacefully. You know, they were out there holding up their placards and everything. Hell, these people here are still doing it. <laughs> but we're kind of, um, we're of the opinion that. This one that they did with COVID, that wasn't good enough, right? You didn't do what you were told. A goodly percentage of you, you didn't do what you were told. Hell, Fauci was on uh, uh, was on PBS last week saying that twelve uh, percent uptake in boosters—that's unacceptable. That's absolutely unacceptable. That's got to change because we've got too big of an anti-vax, anti-science crowd out there that are pushing conspiracy theories and misinformation. And so we need to make sure that we get those numbers up. Well, how are you going to get those numbers up, huh? Another pandemic, maybe? Just a thought. I mean, if you need to sell somebody your product and you don't have a marketplace, what do you do? You create the marketplace, right? Kind of like climate yeah. change. They didn't have a marketplace for that, so what did they do? They created the marketplace for it. So now they can sell their ideas left, right, and center. Same thing with vaccines, which you talked about earlier. They don't have a marketplace for that, so they have to create one. Before COVID started, we were watching the video of a World Health Organization meeting in Geneva, and they were literally saying in that meeting, we've got a very serious problem. The doctors and the administrations in these hospitals and in the medical establishment don't trust us anymore with these vaccines. We've got to do something. Voila, two months later, we got COVID. And wouldn't you know, we've got a whole new vaccine. And Stefani Bensel, the Moderna CEO, is out today announcing a brand new partnership with Merck Pharmaceuticals of a new cancer vaccine. Guess what they're using? mRNA technology. Because cancer's on the rise, you see. And just as fate would have it, he also said a month ago that if you have myocarditis, if you have a heart attack and you've got that damaged heart muscle, we have a new mRNA vaccine that'll fix that. Well, again, you're going to need a marketplace because vaccine uptake. Well, that's just that's just too low. It's it's unacceptable, right? It's unacceptable. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the uh, the ad campaigns and everything else. Actually, I'll tell you what, I'll play this ad first on this affiliate in South Carolina, North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere along in there. I don't know. One of the Carolinas. This is WCNC. So I guess it's a North Carolina um, affiliate. And they're talking about how you need to get your new uh, flu vaccine. And wouldn't you know, 
they have a new flu vaccine that's coming out that's universal flu vaccine. Bruce and I were looking at that just yesterday. Uh, it's put out by the World Economic Forum. They've uh, put it out in their new advertisement. And guess what they're using? They're using mRNA technology because it's it's so useful, right? It, it's so useful. They're going to be using that in all their vaccines going forward. Uh, but see, doctors now are saying that uh, you need to get your flu vaccine to prevent a heart attack or a stroke. <laughs> Bruce, Weston, wow. have either one of you ever heard of the flu causing a heart attack or a stroke? I can't nope. say that I have. No. 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 <laughs> one you couldn't, side you issue. You couldn't make this up. Yeah, go ahead. Well, maybe you should play the clip first and I'll tell All you. All right. After. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll play the clip first. <laughs> Over the past week, flu cases have continued to climb across the country and here in the Carolinas. According to the CDC, both North and South Carolina are experiencing very high flu activity. It started much earlier than usual, but doctors are stressing it is not too late to get your flu shot. WCNC Charlotte's Chloe Leshner explains why it is especially important for certain populations. Hospital beds in the Carolinas are filling up with flu patients. This year's season, the worst we've seen in a decade. Doctors say the majority of the people admitted to the hospital haven't gotten their annual flu shot. You should plan to get it now. It's not too late. In addition to protecting against inf infection, both influenza and COVID-19 vaccines can protect people from the downstream effects of those infections. That includes heart attack or stroke. Research shows cardiovascular deaths spike around the same time as the flu. And doctors <laughs> often find a patient presenting with a heart attack will have just gotten over a viral infection. It's pretty oh. well established that... <laughs> Viral infections in the right patient, the right vulnerable patient who has comorbidities, maybe diabetes, has had heart disease in the past, is going to predispose them to inflammation, stressing their blood vessels, and then subsequent you know, heart attacks and strokes. But getting the flu shot significantly lowers that risk. Plus, this does, year's vaccine is extremely effective at treating the strain circulating in the community. Set yourself up for holiday success, because the last thing you want to do on your on your holiday is to have to go to the emergency room or worse yet, you know, have a heart attack that could change the prognosis of your life forever. So Doctors say don't put it off much longer. Full protection comes two weeks after the shot. Chloe Leshner, WCNC Charlotte. So you see, gentlemen, do you have your vaccine appointments booked for your, <laughs> for your flu vaccine to, to prevent heart attacks and strokes? No, I, I'd be more worried about the vaccine causing it. I think it I tell you. Um, but there's no end yeah, to this so insanity. Anything, there, any, no anything, to, anything to, to sell you a vaccine, yeah. Um, well, the government's already bought all the vaccines. They just have to get you to take it. Yes. Um, that's true. Australia point. actually just destroyed a billion doses, something like a billion doses, because they went unused. Uh, a billion, why do you need a billion doses? The population of Australia you don't is like have what? a billion. Yeah. Like you don't have a billion people. You don't even have you don't even have a hundred million. Hundred million. Yeah, that's like twenty or so doses per person or something like that. I mean, yeah. that's like an insane amount. Why it's that many? It's ridiculous. It's it's a money laundering racket. But anyway, um, and we'll talk more about yes. what I'm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Weston. I was going to say the point that uh, Alan has made in the past, and I think um, I'm not sure actually how frequently I, I remember him doing it at least once, uh, how frequently he mentioned this, but he had no doubt that the powers that be would in fact actually have like a real, you know, bioweapon. And in fact, he, Melissa has suspected that the COVID, like depending on which parts of the world, there might have actually been like a real bioweapon released, you know, that's more you know deadly than just like the sort of COVID that some, most of the other parts of the world got. But uh, like he is, he was not so like, not just the vaccine issue, but like an actual real, you know, bioweapon or virus or whatever you want to call it, could that would be developed and actually used on, on the population for depopulation purposes. And so that is a real uh, possibility. Uh, I think uh, I'm on the fence on the issue of whether or not they will actually need to, to go that far. But uh, because, you know, I mean, people are taking the vaccines. Uh, but, you know, that is, um, you know, I think that it, there's been tons of research in like biolabs studying how to create more and more virulent, so studying the uh, uh, 1918 Spanish flu, uh, studying, you know, Black Plague, Black Death, you know, and figuring out, okay, how can we create a real killer, you know, um, and also ethnic specific, that's come out, um, I think Dr. David Kelly, the guy who, you know, they claim committed suicide back in the 2000, 2004 or something, 2006 maybe, and plus his other, I think one of his co-workers also was, was killed similar sort of fashion. Claiming it was suicide, wasn't really suicide. So 
and he was, you know, one of the inspectors, like a UN inspector, to search, like I think Iraq, or to see if they had bioweapons, you know, biological agents. Um, so, you know, but he 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 actually was coming out with information that yes, ethnic specific viruses have been developed, and it's a, it's a real thing. And uh, so that isn't. I mean, I don't want to like terrify people too much, uh, but uh, it's just a possibility that uh, I think can't be ignored just because of how much money has been poured into this sort of research. Um, there's also rumor, uh, we don't have, we, we can't really prove this, but there's rumor going around that one of the scientists that um, is involved in this kind of research thought the, they were convinced that the original COVID strain was um, intentionally released. Um, and they were tired of the unethical, uh, you know, vaccine mandates and all the all the nonsense that was going on. The rumor is he created a strain that was um, basically the Omicron strain, basically, is what what the the rumor is. He, he created one that was far more contagious, but less deadly than the previous strains to overtake that strain to make it um, less dangerous. So it's it's less of a push. So there would be a reason to push less for vaccines when, you know, it, 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 it's evolving into this weaker strain. Whether or not that's true, we can't prove it. But that's that's one of the rumors going around. Time will only tell if that's true or not. But the fact that we're capable of doing this should um, you, you just said you don't want to terrify people. And I'm sitting here saying this should terrify you. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that we're at the point that we can create this kind of technology we should have a healthy fear of this. I mean, this this was kind of the thing when the, the atomic bomb was first created. Um, it, the, 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 this is the first time in human history that we could annihilate ourselves. We, we have so many different tools that we can use that we can totally destroy not just our environment that we live in, like uh, with nuclear weapons, but also us, ourselves, have, have you know, uh, like a, a genophage, if you will. It goes straight for uh, specific uh gene strains you 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 right. can completely wipe out for example white people or black people or or native americans or i mean you could specifically target individuals with this kind of stuff asians i mean there's enough genetic difference between us that is commonly shared that you could potentially create something like this and yeah um you just said you didn't want to terrify people so i i will uh, <laughs> take up that and do you know fill in the blank there <laughs> well the the concept of race specific bioweapons i mean i've heard that for i mean i think i've heard that for almost like 15 years now and i mm -hmm. i never I, I i guess i really wasn't considering the the level of progress that's been made on it that seems to be like you know the, as we hear more and more about guys like fauci and the work that they do and uh, the work that they fund, rather, maybe not, you know, the work that he does, because I don't right. really particularly see Fauci in a in a white lab coat in a level four suit uh, in in one of these labs. Uh, I don't think that guy's been in a lab or seen a patient in 20 years. He's just the guy that allocates the money to push that research. That's my opinion, based on what we found on the guy in the paper trail that we follow. Um Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's the kind of work that they that they push. And I've listened to interviews, uh, and I'm sure you probably have Weston as well, of a guy named Dr. Francis Boyle, the guy that wrote uh, the Biological Weapons Convention. Uh, as a matter of fact, he actually wrote this book right here that you mm -hmm. can buy for about ten bucks on Amazon. It's called Biowarfare and Terrorism. Uh, uh -huh. And in here, he explains the. Uh, uh, the Biological Weapons Convention, again, that he wrote, that all nations signed on to. And mm -hmm. he's been saying since the start of COVID, um, no, this is not something from nature that evolved. He says this is clearly right. something that came from a lab. And as we get closer and closer to what's going on here, and I, I personally, I think that we need to continue to see what Musk is doing over at, uh, at Twitter. We need to know what was suppressed on Twitter. We need to know who was suppressing what behind the scenes. That's what we need to know. We've seen the internal emails between Fauci and Zuckerberg. So we know what went on mm -hmm. at Facebook. We need to know what went on at Twitter. And on top of that, we saw the, it, that was even a congressional testimony. That was part of his testimony that he didn't recall last week, right. uh, where he said yeah. that, um, no, I've never heard of Peter Daszak at EcoHealth Alliance. Uh, not that I recall. No. 
And well, uh, by God, Anthony, here's the email right here saying uh, from Peter Daszak. And we saw that email six months to a year ago saying, boy, Tony, thank you for running the interference on that uh, that lab theory. Thank you for doing that because we don't need any attention yeah. on that. So yeah. in my humble opinion, we got to shut all this stuff down. We've got the inmates running the asylum here. You know, I, again, I, I, I said that I said earlier, you know, I, I, I see this technology is the same as whatever else that we can use to, to like ease suffering. I see it the same way. I, I, again, I'm of two minds about it. But if we're going to have people like this in charge of this kind of stuff, uh, I'm sorry, we already got rid of one Dr. Mengele. We need to get rid of the other one. Yeah, uh, unless unless there is, there has to be some sort of accountability, you know, and, and some sort of punishment for these sorts, various sorts of crimes, including, you know, enforcement of the, the bio biological warfare conventions and so on that, uh, you know, supposed to limit this, this sort of, you know, including, well, they, they try to bypass it by saying that they're researching diseases that could evolve naturally in nature in advance. So they can just have the treatment in advance. That's how they justify gain of function. Not for something that would take a million years to evolve. I think that's a bit, uh, that's a bit overdoing it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's absurd. And it's clearly wrong, and it's clearly uh, should be. If it isn't already a violation of some uh, biological warfare convention, it should be treaty. It should be, uh, and you know, the you know, definitely there are, and, and lots of people really, uh, definitely like the the public health authorities. I mean, the pharma pharma industry, that uh, all the collusion that happened, uh, it's it's horrendous, and it can't be allowed to continue because if it continues. If we get just another person like Fauci, uh, once he retires, which I think he's, he says he's going to retire soon, if you let another person like you just let the same old thing continue, I mean, basically, there's not much of a future. There's not much of a country, really. I mean, it's just a, a totalitarian nightmare. And um, really, uh, I mean, you can uh, people can write the representatives. People can. Uh, I know there's a movement. Listen, I had attended that Crimes Against Humanity. We personally think it's a pie in the sky thing where they're trying to write. Uh, different uh, district attorneys and they're trying to get uh convinced to, to take a, to court uh Fauci and, and different people involved in the COVID policies and and, and indict them for crimes against humanity the vaccination and all so on and so forth because they didn't do the trials properly they're supposed to the safety trials and all this stuff i think that's the legal system just isn't it isn't for the it's it's a rubber tool alan would say so you know you have a like say like a, a pick or hex or what have you you try to use it, you, you hit or shovel, and you try to, you know, dig a hole in the ground, and it just bounces off the ground. And so you think you have something, but it's not really, you know, there for you. But I think a large part of the, I think, uh, the anxiety and the depression and the despair that comes over contemplating all the future and what the people in charge of, of politics and, and our science and technology and what they're going to do to us. A large part of that, if you're, if you're thinking of society in general and trying to cure society in general... I think that's really when you when you it's soul crushing, you know, because it seems so hopeless. But when you you think about what like you personally refused the vaccine, like I, I believe I, I personally refused the vaccine. Like I personally made that decision, despite the fact that uh, you know my family thinks I'm crazy before doing that, and despite all the you know the the fact that I had to wear a mask when I was working, you know, uh, you know I had to when I was working at a part time job, you know they had to because I didn't wear the vaccine. People didn't have to wear a mask. Mask. There's like that temporary period. I was at work. I had to go through that. Um, but, you know, you make that choice. And you, like for the surveillance technology, you can make the choice not to use a smartphone. You can make the choice not to have not to go on Google and, and, and you know, have have them uh, track everything you do. Although, I mean, the people around you still are going to be tracked in the in present society because there's security cameras everywhere, smartphones everywhere. The smartphones are going to pick up like, what you're doing, too. But, I mean, you can personally decide not to do that. You can personally uh, speak out about issues that, you know, even if nobody else around you is speaking out about. And that's that's really, I think, once you start thinking about what you can do and, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, the different people that you personally can touch, you know, what's tangible for you, then it's, it becomes a lot more hopeful, a lot more encouraging. You're not stuck in despair so much when you're thinking about society at large and, and the powers that be and, and like, you know, what they're going to do to us. So um, at least that's how I get my more optimism, my, my optimism. And also, I would say, too, and this is something I've been thinking about. Because Alan has made this point quite a few times. He would say, you know, society is designed to put you down. And they, they always come up with these stories, even since ancient times. Like he would give the example of Plato. Like he would say his uncle Solon was descended from the gods. He was a divinity or like, you know, you have this, or you have your betters. You have your people who are above you, who are better than you. 
And so you should just, you know, mind your place and that sort of thing. And society is designed that way, you know, designed to discourage you. And however true it may be, and although Alan would, would repeatedly emphasize, there's a star making machinery. It's an illusion. Like this person seems so smart, this professor, the scientist, he seems like he's so much, he's, he's so far ahead of you. It doesn't matter how long you study, you're never going to know as much as he does and, and so on. It's, it's generally an illusion. It's, it's created by star making machinery that goes into creating a celebrity, that goes into creating even scientists. Um, but uh, one of the things that can be done is, is to realize that, uh, you know, you you actually, whatever you're capable of, your mind, your, the, the capacity that you have to learn things, you, you should use it. And you should, uh, even though relatively, even though, and like I, you can't live up to some ideal, like someone else who has been studying much longer than you and knows way more than you. And generally, a lot of the people you're given who are like that are so, so much better than you, like, a, like, like Alan was saying, they're illusions. It's not even true. But you know, don't let that be discouraged by other people. Just be like a beaver, work away at that dam, regardless of, of whatever else is going on, whatever, you know, other animals are, uh, you know, looking at you. Uh, however, people are looking at you, you just gotta, don't let them get in your head and you got to keep on pers persevering. And that's really uh, at the heart of the matter. For me, at least, you know, I, I just not let society get you down just because society is evil. That doesn't mean you have to be evil. You know, just because you're ruled by someone who's evil, that doesn't mean that you have to be evil. That's how I see it. Nope, that's well said, sir. Uh, and I can't think of a better place to leave it than there. Unfortunately, we are out of time. So we'll see you next week. Yes? Yes. So uh, again, Weston from CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, I would encourage all of our listeners to get over to that website and give their information a, a good looking through because that is, in my opinion, I was actually thinking about this earlier this week, that's an education in and of itself. I mean, forget these ridiculous, nonsensical institutions. Go to that website. You'll get a better education in life with the information you find on there than you'll find in any of these institutions, these crackpot people in these institutions. So go over there and, and give that treasure trove of information a look and support them if you can. Wes, we will see you next week. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. If you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own, we'd appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.